Ciao amici and welcome back to Jenner in Tuscany. Happy New Year. Uh, I hope that 2022 is a happy and prosperous year for everyone listening. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season and I hope that you're staying safe and you're taking care of each other so we can get back to traveling in the springtime. Uh, January is the time to start planning your summer vacation so I figured this episode would be a good time to give you more information about my tour, Sprezzatura Boutique Tour of Tuscany. Um, Just in case anyone who is listening or subscribes to my podcast is thinking about traveling with me this summer or this fall. Now, my first trip to Italy was in 2015. I rented a new apartment, bought my three-day museum pass, watched every travel guide episode I could watch about Tuscany, and went off to Tuscany for 12 days by myself. And the one thing that I saw everywhere were these ginormous tour groups being led by a less than enthusiastic tour guide, either holding an umbrella or holding a flag, and all of the uh, travelers had these earbuds in their ears so the tour guide didn't have to talk over. And it looked so cold and impersonal. And I thought to myself, you know, nobody should see Florence and Tuscany, possibly some of the most beautiful places on earth like this. And I thought immediately, you know what? I want to design my own tour so people can see Tuscany the way I think they should see Tuscany for the first time. Now, I was lucky enough to meet a store owner who had a good high school friend who owned a uh, tour company, a driving company, and he introduced me to Marco and voila, Sprezzatura was born. Now, as you may already know, Sprezzatura is Um, almost like the original socially distanced tour before socially distance became a thing. Um, It's always been limited to 10 travelers or less. And you may ask yourself, what is the big deal about having a small group? Now, there are other small group tours, you know, that I see around, say, 20 to 25 people. And that is still a wonderful size compared to 50, 75, 100 people, because I swear some of these tour groups I've seen have looked like they had at least 100 people and it just didn't look fun. But the thing about having a small group, um, there's a number of benefits. Uh, Number one, Florence especially, um, a lot of these towns do not let big buses within the city center. So Say, for example, if you're in Florence, they'll let them park on the extreme north side of town or the extreme south side of town, and then you have to walk in to the uh, destinations that you want to go to, okay? They don't let you drive in the city center. Now, a lot of these smaller towns in Tuscany are built on hills, so they don't let these big buses in the city because number one, they can't fit, and number two, uh, the pollution. A lot of the buildings in Tuscany are made from a porous limestone, so these buildings soak up all of that, all of those emissions and all of that pollution, and they end up looking brown and sooty over a number of years. 
So say, for example, if you go to Montepulciano, which is one of my favorite towns in Tuscany, if you're on a big bus, you have to park at the bottom of Montepulciano and hike your way up. And it is on a steep hill. Whereas when we are with my group, which has a van size of uh, 10 people or less, they let us within the city limits and we can park at the top of the hill and meander our way down to the bottom of the hill. Um, so that is one big advantage of having a small group. Another question I get is why stay in Florence? Uh, why not spend a couple of nights in Florence and then spend a couple of nights here and spend a couple of nights there instead of having to travel every day by the van? Well, a couple of answers. For me, part of the fun of the tour is actually getting to see the scenery on your way to Montepulciano, on your way to Maltachino or Siena or San Gimignano. There's so much to see when you're out on the road. Um, another reason is because Florence is such a wonderful town. Yeah, we're out most of the days wine tasting and touring other little small towns, but Florence is an open air museum, you know, and when you come back from the day of touring or whatever, you know, you can take a nap or do whatever and then get out and see the town and, you know, the people and the little impromptu concerts going on. There's so much to explore in Florence. And plus you get to explore it when all of the tour groups are gone and back to their cruise ships. Uh, Florence is a big destination for cruise ship, cruise ship passengers that dock in Livorno and drive down to Florence for the day. So in the daytime while we're gone, Florence is being inundated with cruise ship passengers who were looking at um, the cathedrals or the Uffizi or the Academia. And you know, so it's good that we get to miss those crowds and then you get to see it on your own time when you come back in the evening or on your free day. Which brings me to another question. A lot of people ask me, why don't you go see the Leaning Tower of Pizza since it's one of Tuscany's most iconic landmarks? Well, Pizza is about 20 minutes from Livorno where all the cruise ship passengers dock. And Pizza is usually the first place that all those cruise ship passengers go. So while it is a beautiful place to see, and I definitely recommend you see it, it is also one of the most touristy places and you will battle literally hundreds of tourists all trying to take that iconic shot of holding up the tower or pushing down the tower, whatever pose you want to do. It, it's quite a challenge and it, it's, I hate to say it, it is a tourist trap. So what I recommend to people also is that if you want to see pizza, you need to take the train because it is easier to take the train because pizza is on the way to the beaches. And in the springtime, what should be a 50 minute drive can easily turn into a two hour drive. And trust me, we've been stuck in traffic on the way there because everybody, locals and tourists are heading to the beach and it's the same road that heads to pizza. So that's why I do not include the Tower of Pizza on Sprezzatura. And finally, I'll address one other question that I get. Why two tour dates? Um, well, of course, to accommodate as many people that wanna go to Tuscany, but Florence and Tuscany have completely different energies in spring and fall. You know, in spring, they're coming out of the 
rainy cold season and everything's blooming and you know it's springtime you know how you feel in the springtime it's time to get out and have fun and see the sights and see the people and party and in fall um, Tuscany is celebrating all the hard work that they've put in over the summer it's harvest time you know which means it's truffle time it's olive oil time it's artichoke time it's porcini mushroom time you know fall is for foodies and that's why I call it the fall foodies edition so um, without ado I am going to go into both of the itineraries itineraries Ooh, I have not been drinking that much amaretto folks I promise <laughs> And, you know, I'll explain the differences between the two tours. Okay, so the first tour is Sprezzatura uh, Spring in Tuscany. And in 2022, the dates are June 5th through June 12th. And, you know, Tuscany in the spring, it is incredibly green. Uh, because they've just gotten out of their rainy season. Uh, there's red poppies everywhere. It is absolutely beautiful. Uh, the grapes are starting to bloom in the wineries. Um, you've got new vintages that are being bottled, like they've completed the aging process and they're being bottled for release to the general public. And as I mentioned, there's a lot of summer concerts and summer festivals. Um, you know, especially with this age of COVID, uh, Italy really celebrated last summer, you know, just it being summer and the fact that they made it through such a dark winter. So you will see concerts uh, planned and impromptu everywhere. And it is just such a fun time to go to Tuscany and you have so much to do in the evenings and your day off. Um, it's a beautiful time of the year. Uh, so it is a seven night tour uh, eight day and uh, we start off on Sunday evening at our hotel and the hotel has a beautiful rooftop uh, balcony lounge restaurant pool uh, and every time I take someone up to the rooftop they're like oh my gosh it has such a wonderful view of the whole skyline of Florence and we have a nice little orientation there with a couple of cocktails, nice little dinner. I go over the itinerary, uh, answer any questions. We introduce ourselves to each other and uh, we make it a short night because usually people arrive on Sunday and we realize you're tired, but we want to try to keep you up long enough to get you on local time. And uh, our average day starts about nine o'clock in the morning. So that first day, Monday, Marco will be there on time and Marco has never been late. And the, the four years, that I've been touring with Marco, there has not been a single time he's been late. So we start at nine o'clock on Monday morning and uh, we say hello to Firenze, which is how the Italians say Florence. And we go up to Piazzale Michelangelo. So if you've ever seen those pictures uh, taken on the top of a hill somewhere with the iconic, iconic skyline of Florence, it was probably taken from Piazzale Michelangelo. We go up there, you can say good morning to Florence, take pictures, we do group pictures. We only spend a few minutes there and then it's off to tour. Um, usually one of the first stops that we make that Monday is the American Cemetery to World War II veterans. And I know I said that wrong, but it's a beautiful cemetery. And you're thinking, okay, why do we stop at a cemetery first thing in the morning? Um, 
for me, it's a nice reminder, you know, that Americans did help fight for freedom in World War II and the defeat of Hitler. And it's a very beautiful cemetery. You know, it is quite poignant. You know, you realize how many people died fighting for uh, everyone's freedom around the world. But at the same time, it is a beautiful place to go. So we do stop there for a few minutes. And then after we leave there, uh, it's off to our first winery. And this is the only corporate winery that we go to the whole week. It is the Antonori Winery. And uh, Antonori, as you probably know, if you are a wine aficionado, makes some wonderful wines, but the winery is a masterpiece. It is an architectural wonder. Took them seven years to build. It is built in the side of a hill for natural insulation and cooling. Um, and that's all I'm going to tell you. It is just amazing. I call it the Fort Knox of wine. And if you go on the tour, you will see why. But that is the only corporate winery that we visit during the week. Every place else is a small uh, family-owned agriturismo. Uh, after we go to Antonori, we uh, go to lunch. And it is a leisurely lunch. We usually take about two hours, have a lot of food, a lot of wine. And this year, I am excited because we are making our first trip uh, to visit Dario Cecchini. And uh, if you ever watch Phil Rosenthal on Netflix, it's called Somebody Feed Phil. But he started that show on PBS and it was called I'll Have What Phil's Having. And he went to visit Dario on this episode. And you can actually download that episode on Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video. There we go. And we're going to go visit that restaurant. Not sure whether Dario will be present, but it is one of the most famous famous restaurants in the Tuscany area. So I'm excited to get to go visit that for the first time. And uh, after we have our nice leisurely lunch there, uh, we do go to a couple of small towns. Um, one is uh, Greve and another one, I forget the name of it, but it is a beautiful little, little tiny village. And, you know, it, the other great thing about this tour is if we have extra time and Marco knows of a place, he'll say, hey, we have 15, 20 minutes extra. Would you like to stop here so we can just get out and look around, take some pictures? Um, so that's another thing that makes this tour different. It is a democratic process. It is not the itinerary is not cut in stone. And if we have more time to see more wonderful places, we will do it. So at the end of the day, usually we get back around four-ish or five-ish, depending on where we've gone or if we found extra places to go. Um, so you have plenty of time, you know, like I said, to come back, take a nap if you want to, and get out and have a nice leisurely dinner. Another thing about Sprezzatura is I only have two group dinners. Um, Florence is such a wonderful place and there are so many restaurants. I feel like it's unfair to hold the whole group hostage and make you eat at the same place as everyone else every night. I want you to get out there and find your own culinary discoveries in Florence. Um, so day two is our nude and food day. Um, why do we call it nude and food? Because we start in the morning at the Academia to see Michelangelo. And again, it is Michelangelo, not Michelangelo. We see Michelangelo's David. 
I have probably seen David a good dozen times and every time I see him, my jaw still drops to the ground. I call him my boyfriend in Florence. It is such an amazing place. But we see Michelangelo's David as well as his, um, uh, I believe it's called uh, Freed Prisoners. Um, but the whole hallway is dedicated to Michelangelo's works. And we spend, I'd say about 40, 45 minutes there. And then we do our walking tour of Florence. Uh, we go and I, uh, on this day, I tell everybody do not eat breakfast. And I mean it because we start off in the morning with coffee or cappuccino and pastry. Then we go to the market and we try the bolito sandwiches and pasta. And then we go more wine tasting. Yes, you are wine tasting before noon on some of these days because it's five o'clock everywhere, people. So get over that one. We taste wine all day long on this tour. It doesn't matter what time it is. Um, you know, we go wine tasting. We have more food. Then we have more pasta. Then we drink more wine. Then we end up with gelato. So um, most people that I talk to have who have gone on this tour with me, specifically, the nude and food day, they didn't eat dinner that night because we ate so much during the day. It is so much fun. And that day ends about two, two-ish in the afternoon. So you have the rest of the day, you know, to do what you wanna do. And, you know, if you wanna go to the museum, um, one lady that went with me last October decided to go to Arezzo, um, you know, for the other part of the afternoon because she had plenty of time to do it. Um, so, you know, that afternoon is all yours. And on day three, uh, we get back in the van with Marco and we see more of the Chianti region. We start in Siena. And in Siena, you can see the Duomo, you can climb the bell tower, um, you can see the city hall, uh, which is open to the public, or you can just shop. Uh, Siena is a beautiful little town um, and it hosts the Palio, uh, the horse race that happens twice a year in July and August, even though, unfortunately, they haven't had the race for the last two years because of the pandemic. Um, but it is just a wonderful, wonderful little town. And uh, after we leave Siena, we go visit my dear friends at Poderi La Marinara, La Marinaya, sorry. And um, we have a wonderful lunch in a private tasting room. And we taste several of their wines. And um, this winery features the famous Vernaccia wines, which is the oldest certified wine in Tuscany and maybe all of Italy. Um, but you know, as you will learn if you go on the tour with me, most wines are, there's a number of wines that are regulated um, by a department of control if you want to be called a certain name. Otherwise, it is just like table wine. And you'll learn about that. Um, when we go visit my friends. After we have our lovely lunch there, then we go to San Gimignano. Now, last year is the first time that I actually got to walk around San Gimignano. Um, the previous two years before that, it rained while we were at our friends at, at Poderi La Marinaya. And uh, basically, we just chose to sit there and drink more wine. But if the weather's nice, we go to San Gimignano walk around, do more shopping, have gelato. It's a beautiful little town. And after that, we head home. Uh, on day four is our Val d'Orsha day or Orsha Valley. Now, the Val d'Orsha area um, is a UNESCO protected site. And it's not just one little city, it is the whole region. 
Um, so if you've ever seen like 300 or gladiators, um, you know, when they're walking off into the sunset in those vast fields, that's Val d'Orsha, okay? And it is a gorgeous place. So we get to see a lot of the iconic places. Like when you Google Tuscany, you'll see a lot of places in Val d'Orsha because they're famous for their little squiggly, those squiggly roads and the tall cypress trees. So we'll see a lot of that there. And we'll go to Montepulciano, uh, Montechiello. We'll have lunch in Maltacino. Uh, we hang out in Pienza for a little while. And it, it it's really a beautiful day. It's honestly one of my favorite days. And um, Montepulciano is one of my favorite places to go shopping. Um, so it is a wonderful day. And then uh, day five, which is Friday, is our free day. And that day is when you do what you want, of course. Um, I have a list of recommendations that I make for everyone. And uh, also we have a wonderful concierge who is very close friends with Marco. So if you need reservations or you need something organized, you will get the VIP treatment simply because our concierge knows our driver. And there's one thing to learn about Italy, I'll tell you right now, folks, especially in Tuscany, the old adage, it's not what you know, it's who you know, especially applies. Um, I get so many breaks and so many wonderful events because I know people and I have connections and Marco has connections. Um, that's something that you cannot get on a big tour. So definitely take advantage of the concierge at our hotel. You will get special breaks, wonderful reservations, and expert advice. On Saturday, um, typically what we do on Saturday is we take a vote. Um, some people would rather be on their own on Saturday and go on another tour by themselves or do whatever. And some people would like to go on a half day tour. So I'll ask, you know, what do you want to do on Saturday? And um, there has been one Saturday where we did actually go to Pisa and that's the day we got stuck in traffic. Um, there's another wonderful little town just outside of Florence called Fiesoli and it's on a big hill. Um, sometimes we go there. Uh, sometimes we vote to go to the mall, which is a high-end outlet mall and go shopping. Um, so we do kind of take a vote on Saturday and if you want to do something in the afternoon, we do. And if you want to be left alone on Saturday, then we leave you alone. Um, Saturday evening though, we have our pre-dinner cruise. And this is actually a new feature that I discovered while I was on my own um, in 2019. Um, Florence is divided by the Arno River and they have these boats called Barchettos, um, which they call their version, the Florentine version of gondolas. And they don't look anything like gondolas, honestly, folks. But it is such a wonderful trip to go on. Lasts about an hour and um, we bring Prosecco or they serve us sparkly wine and you just go down the river and we have a tour guide who gives you some of the history, you know, of the bridges, of the churches that we pass. And, you know, it's wonderful because not everybody knows how to get on these boats. So you see people up on top of the Ponte Vecchio or in front of the Uffizi and they're looking down like, hey, how the heck did they get on that boat? And you're like, ha ha, you know, you feel like a superstar on this boat and it, you know, it's, it's not bumpy or anything, so if anybody ever gets seasick or anything like this, the river is shallow, which is why these cruises only happen 
um, until October 10th or the 15th. Depends on the time of year because they row us down the river with these large poles that literally reach the bottom of the river. And if they can't reach the bottom of the river, they can no longer operate the boats. So there's not a lot of wave action or anything like that. It's a very smooth ride, but it's wonderful. And then after we get off the boat ride, we go and have a wonderful uh, customized farewell dinner. And it is a huge dinner, I'm gonna tell you guys. It's like four or five courses, plus coffee, plus wine pairings. And I've never seen anybody actually finish the dinner. It's that big, but we have a wonderful time. And um, then sadly, Sunday morning, it's time to check out of the hotel and go. Um, but you know, if you want to extend your vacation at the hotel and stay in Florence, I can arrange that for you. Or if you want to extend your vacation and go to other parts of Italy, it's the perfect time for you to do that. Okay, so that is Spread the Tour. Uh, springtime in Tuscany and again uh, for 2022 that's June 5th through June 12th and uh, you know if you want more information or if you want to go with me this year um, visit my website www.sprezzatura.tours now I'm going to take a brief break um, in the meantime I would like you to listen to some music um, this is my dear uh, Instagram and Facebook friend uh, El Rubio uh, aka Pedro Xavier, and I hope I pronounced that right, Pedro. Um, he is from Malaga, Spain, a wonderful guitarist, excellent singer. Um, I met him a few years ago on Instagram because I heard his music on the producer's album and I just wrote him a note saying, I love your music, wasn't expecting him to answer, but he did. And since then, I always support his music and he's got some new music out with the producer Buscemi, and I wanna pronounce that right. So I went with the Italian and I apologize if I pronounce that wrong. Um, but this is his new single, Navigando, and it is the Miami remix. I have put the name, his name in my credits in case you would like to look him up. Please do find him on Spotify and follow him and support his music. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that little clip uh, from my friend El Rubio. Again, please go out to Spotify and follow him and support his music. Um, he's really a very nice person and um, I hope you enjoy his music as much as I do. Now, we are moving on to the Fall Foodies edition and this year it's October 2nd through October 9th. Um, I moved the tour up a little earlier in October because last year we didn't get to take the um, pre-dinner cruise. They had a little spot of rain, um, unusual amount of rain I'd say in late September. So by the time we got there in October, the river was too deep for us to be able to take the tour because the poles couldn't reach the bottom of the river. Um, so I did substitute another event in there, but I would have rather had the pre-dinner cruise. So that's why I've moved the tour up in October. Now, fall foodies, um, Florence, Tuscany, in the fall, they are celebrating the harvest and all the work that they did through the summer. Um, so we will see some beautiful foliage. Um, when we go driving, you know, you will see aspen trees or other trees and you will see all the wonderful colors. Um, the grapes have been harvested, so you will not see any grapes on the vines, and chances are they will have already pruned the vines in preparation for the next growing season. Um, but 
you will get to taste the wonderful fruits of their labor. So olive oil um, is being pressed and there is nothing like wonderful fresh olive oil. Um, you will taste the balsamic vinegar uh, truffles, of course. If you don't like truffles, you will not like Tuscany in October. Um, porcini mushrooms, another thing, artichokes. Um, in general, Florence, Italy in general, does not eat truck ripened produce. They don't force produce produce. If it is not in season, it is not produced. Um, so that's a wonderful thing about October is you will get to taste a lot of different things that are in season. And that's why I call it the Fall Foodies Edition. So basically the tour is almost the same as the spring tour. Uh, day one, we do the orientation. Uh, day two, we do the Siena. Uh, we visit my friends at Pod Poderi La Marinaia again. And then we go to San Gimignano. Uh, day three, we do the nude and food. And of course, you know, the tasting is gonna be a little bit different because we're gonna taste things that are in season at that time, along with the wine. Um, the one new thing on day four is truffle hunting. Now, this past October was the first time I'd ever gone truffle hunting, and I kind of knew what to expect on TV, but my expectations were low. Uh, number one, if you like being out in nature and if you like going for long walks, this outing was wonderful. You know, we got to go for a wonderful walk and the tour guides were wonderful, the truffle hunters, the dog was adorable. And uh, we found some really big truffles and it was just really fun, you know, to see this dog going through the changes and what happens when it smells a truffle. Um, you know, after we had our nice walk, we got back in the Range Rover and it is off-roading. So we do go down a steep hill down into the ravine because that's where truffles are grown. And you'll learn about how truffles are regulated and how truffle hunters can only hunt certain times of the year. Um, but then we go back up to the winery and we have a wonderful lunch featuring the truffles that we caught. Um, and we taste several wines and it is just such a wonderful afternoon. Uh, after that, um, since we probably have a couple of hours after that, we do go for a ride in the Chianti countryside and we stop at places and you know, take pictures. We see a couple of small villages and do a little shopping. It's really a wonderful day. So I really enjoyed the truffle hunting. Um, again, day five is free day. And as I mentioned, take advantage of concierge. If you want to get a res reservation for anything, because the concierge is such good friends with our driver, we really do get the hookup. Um, so take advantage of that. And on day six, Saturday, again, um, it is a democratic process, so I do ask, you know, do we want to do a half-day trip? Is there some place that you feel like you want to go? And if not, then we just meet for that evening, and uh, we will have the pre-dinner cruise, and then we will have another wonderful customized dinner, and it will either be a dinner um, or dinner slash cooking lesson. Um, you know, the one thing that has made this tour a little bit difficult in the past year is the pandemic. Um, unfortunately, there have been a lot of places that have gone out of business, some things that are no longer available because those places have gone out of business. But I am so thankful, you know, that I have such good connections that I'm able to find um, activities to substitute for those activities that we may not be able to do anymore. Um, so that is the Fall Foodies edition of Sprezzatura.
So I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Jenner in Tuscany. Um, If you would like more information about either tour date, please visit my website, www.sprezzatour.tours. And that will give you full pricing information, more information about the itinerary. And also, if you'd like to reserve your seat, you'll be able to do so there. I would like to extend a special offer to my podcast subscribers or listeners. Uh, When you reserve your seat for either tour, uh, Spring in Tuscany or Fall Foodies Edition, um, upon your reservation, I will send you a specially curated box of wines from my friends at Poderio La Marinaia, and that will be six wines uh, in a specially curated box uh, chosen by me, and they really are wonderful wines. Um, This offer is good for one box per room, and it is good for either single or double occupancy. Um, When you make your reservation, uh, please mention in the comment section, I heard about this on your podcast, so I know to send you that wonderful box of wine. Okay, folks, and last but unfortunately not least is the COVID disclaimer. Uh, As of the 1st of February, Italy has changed its definition of fully vaccinated to having both shots of either the Moderna or the Pfizer along with any necessary booster shots. Um, It will be necessary to be fully vaccinated uh, to travel to Italy and also to do anything fun. If you are not fully vaccinated, you will be uh, asked to take a test before your arrival, quarantine for five days, and take another test before you can be released from quarantine. Um, And that is all at your own expense. Um, Also, uh, Italy, at this time, because it's winter, they are requiring face masks, both indoors and outdoors. That is likely to change when spring and summer comes because of course the rates will get lower, um, but Sprezzatura will be forced to follow any regulations in Italy and I will keep you posted on that. You can also find any COVID regulation updates on the website as I will keep that updated as conditions are likely to change.